The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Lord, I surrender myself to you. You are God all by yourself. Do what only you can do. Let your voice be heard. Not the voice of a man. That life, illumination, transformation happen. Pray, Father. Jesus, this moment is yours. This moment is yours. Glory to God. Please have your seat in God's presence. Someone beside you. Just have your seat in the presence of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Welcome to the second service. Um, I had to quickly make a dash to say hello to a pastor friend who is having um, a third anniversary. Glory to God. You're welcome to church. I feel, just play, play something. I feel a change in my message. I feel a shift. Just play something for me on the keyboard. I feel a shift. I feel I feel a shift, a change in what my heart is staring towards. And I just want to trust God that because the reason we have church is because God's word and God's grace, God's mercy, God's power, God's favor will reach out and touch people and change them and transform them and make them better. The reason we come before the presence of God is so that we will be better than we were. So that our life, our lives will move forward and upward. Jesus said, in John 10.10, 10, it says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, but I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. What it means by that is that I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. And have it to the full. And have it to overflowing. To overflowing. Unlimited measures. I've come so that the life that flows from me through you that flows from me to you and reach every other person in the world should be abundant such that other people will begin to feel the impact of how I have impacted you. He said, I have come that you might have life and not just have it for yourself. Someone listen to me. But have it in abundance. And have the kind of life that it's not just for you alone, but it extends to other people around you. That come that you might have life. First of all, he gives us that life. And that life, when we receive it, it becomes abundant. It becomes overflowing. It becomes spread out beyond you. Spread out to all the people around you. Spread out to your neighbors, your friends, your family. 
spread out to everyone that comes in contact with you. I have come that they might have life. Who has he come to give this life to? Who has he come? He came for the world. The entire world. The Bible says that the light of the world, Jesus is the light that lights up every man that comes into the world. So when you and I are born into the world, we have a dimension of that light. We have an illumination of that light. So Jesus is that light. Jesus is our idea. Jesus is our ideology. He's not a philosophy. He's an idea. And Jesus is the only one that we should imitate. He's the only one. So when you and I come to the knowledge of that light, what we see is beyond ourselves. So we stand as a mirror and behold Jesus. The Bible says we are changed and transformed to that same image. Not the image of someone that told us who we are, but the image of Christ. So Christ becomes our copy. He becomes the one we look at, the one we see, the one we desire to become. So I'm not desiring to become anybody else, but I'm desiring to become like Jesus. Christ becomes my imitation. He becomes the one that I copy. He becomes the one that I look, the one that I desire to be like. Because as you look, you become him. So every day... How you go about everything that you do. You go about it because you want to become like Christ. Because he said I have come that they might have life. Not another kind of life. But my very life. The very image that I carry. The very person that I am. The very person that God said from the foundation of the world. That he has created you to be like him. So when someone looks at you and says you are too short. He said I may be shorter than you. But I am short enough for my destiny. Because I look like him I don't need to look at you to become the person that I'm supposed to be I, I'm supposed to look at Christ to become the person that he wants me to be not the person my father or my mother wants me to be but the person that Jesus wants me to be that's who I am that's who he has created me to be that's everything I live for. He said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. It means that the life that Christ has come to give you and I should be in overflowing measure that anybody that comes in contact with you will have that same life. That's what happened when they looked at the, the disciples and they couldn't understand the kind of life that they were exhibiting. They couldn't understand how they were relating. They couldn't understand how they were talking. But they remembered Jesus and on believers looked and said these people are behaving like Jesus so they called them Christians it was not God that called us Christians it was unbelievers that looked at our life and said no there is something about this man there is something about Peter there is something about Paul there is something about Simon that is different they are behaving like Christ they are not behaving like their mother they are not behaving like their father they are not behaving the way people want them to behave they are behaving like Jesus we don't have a term for them yet so they looked at them and they developed a term 
and call them Christians. So from that time till now, they have been calling people Christians. But the question is, are you truly representing Christ? Is Christ coming out of you? The image that you see about yourself, is it the one that they told you or the one Christ told you? The image you see about yourself, is it the one that the Bible says or the one somebody said about you? And said because you are from this background or that background, you cannot become, you cannot amount to nothing because you have you've done this and done that you cannot amount to nothing but i've come to tell you jesus said the image that you should look at is me we ought to be imitators of god he says be paul said imitate me just the way i imitate christ and you and i are meant to look at jesus and then become like him we are not meant to look at our circumstances we're not meant to look at our situations we're not meant to look at all the things that tells us we are not but we are supposed to look at jesus jesus is our perfect idea jesus is our perfect ideology jesus is the one that we focus on because when we look we become some people were beaten by a serpent in the wilderness. And then they cried to Moses, saying, look, the serpent has beaten us. Look at our situation. Look at where we are. Let me tell you, you may not be able to do anything about the father or mother that gave birth to you or the lineage you came from. But I tell you, when you recognize who you are in Christ Jesus, you can do everything about the future that God has for you. You can stand from anywhere and become anything because who you look at is Christ and not your background. Who you look at is the image of Christ. Who Christ is, what he represents, and what he has come to do in your life that becomes the foundation where you stand and from that point you begin to control the world without hand without leg without a degree without any education with nothing just having jesus alone becomes the foundation and from that point you begin to detect to the world what the world needs to hear and what the world needs to do because christ only that's what the bible is preaching jesus said if only they believe he didn't say anything else he didn't say if they pray to me or if they fast he said if only they believe that's the only thing i ask only they believe only and then deeper life those days they had one message they said jesus only is our message why because no man can transform but him no other person has come to give you a life that is bigger than what christ has come to give to you he says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. That's why we preach. That's the passion with which we preach. That's why we communicate the essence of God. You and I are created by God with an essence. There is an essence. Now think about it. If you were a designer and you came, you designed this pulpit. Are you now going to say, the reason for this pulpit, for this um, speaker, is so that it will bring sound, okay? Now, you as a designer, you design this pulpit to bring sound. Now, will you come back and say, pulpit, I designed you to bring sound. But, for you to bring that sound, you have to be worshipping me. 
Does that make any sense? It does not make any sense. So when God created you and I, he created us from beginning and said, have dominion, multiply, be blessed. So from that moment on, you and I are supposed to live in dominion and multiply. So for God to now come and say, for you to now have dominion, you have to be worshipping me. You have to be praying and fasting for you to have dominion. No, your praying and your fasting only builds your relationship with me. It is not the reason for your dominion. Get me right. Your dominion is intact. Your blessing is intact. Your manifestation is intact. If you don't know it, you begin to live suboptimal of your design. If this speaker does not know that it's a speaker and somebody comes here and says, I need a chair to sit. And the speaker says, here am I, sit on me. What happens? Everybody begins to sit on the speaker. But is the speaker designed to be sit on? What is it designed for? To produce sound. But the day the speaker realizes, I'm not a chair, I'm a speaker, I will bring sound everywhere I go. From that moment on, you don't need people to tell you that you're not a chair when they look at you. Because you are seeing the image of Christ and you are becoming like Christ. When they see you, they see the reason for your design. Glory. <laughs> they see the reason for your design. They see why you were created. You don't need to tell people. That's what happened to the, to the disciples. They didn't have to tell them because they understood the reason for their design. So when people saw them, they said this person must be a Christian. And many times I've encountered people. Somebody called me yesterday and said, sorry, I just want to ask you a question. Are you a pastor? I said, yes. He said, I knew it. I didn't tell her. I didn't need to tell her. I don't tell people. I don't have to tell anybody because the Christ in me should find expression that will begin to unlock your curiosity. You begin to ask questions. Who is this person? Why is he relating to me like that? Why is he talking to me like that? Why is this awesomeness all around him? Why is his life just like this? Why? Because I have looked so much as an image in Christ Jesus and I'm becoming like that image such that my every expression my everyday relationship in life exhibits that expression without apology everything I do without apology exhibits that relationship if I talk, if I laugh if I cry, Christ is coming out so when you encounter me you encounter Christ I cannot change the world no man can change the world but when you allow Christ flow through you abundantly when you allow that life flow through you ceaselessly people will encounter Christ through you that's when they'll say take us to your God we need to know your source we need to know why you are like this everybody's crying all around but you are not crying why it's not like you have everything all together but you know one thing I look to Jesus who is the author and the finisher of my faith. He becomes my foundation. He becomes the reason I move, the reason I live, the reason I have my being. It's the reason why I'm here. It's the reason why I'm talking right now. It's the reason why I will keep talking and keep preaching till Jesus comes and tell the whole world that Christ died once and for all for you and you should no longer live after yourself but you should now begin to live after the one who died for you when he died you were not there 
that is your advantage. When you died, you were not there. He didn't ask you, can I die for you please? He didn't seek your consent. He went anyway and died. Why? Because he knew that one day you will come, you will come, you will come. And when you come, you don't need to do anything. All you need to do is receive what I have done. Because when you receive it, you take that life and you begin to live that life. That's what happens to you when you get saved. That's what happens to you when you come to Jesus. When you know him, that's what happens to you. Your mind begins to change. It begins to renew. Because the Bible says the carnal mind is an enmity with God. It cannot relate and understand the things of God. But when you receive Christ, first your mind begins to change. He begins to change how you think. He begins to change how you relate. He begins to change your perspective. He's not going to change your physical body. But it begins to change your mind. That's what repentance is. You change from the inside out. It's not from the outside in. Your clothes may still be the same. You may still be in the same house. You may still be having the same kind of experiences. But it's only a matter of time. After you continue to look. And you continue to look. Then one day you rise up. And say I'm no longer a speaker. I'm no longer a chair. I'm a speaker. I'm designed to speak. So I will speak. Everywhere I go. I will speak. I'm no longer my background. I'm no longer my education. I'm no longer what my friends call me. I am in the image of God and that image begins to find expression. Everywhere you go, people begin to relate with you. Not how they see you but how you see yourself in Christ Jesus. Then Christ now becomes your foundation. Christ now becomes the person that lives through you and therefore the scripture begins to fulfill that says we are ambassadors of Christ we are ambassadors of heaven why because we've taken up that image and we're representing him and everywhere we go he comes through us that's what Jesus said when he said I'm come that they might have life and have it more abundantly and have it to overflowing when he said that he did not say I've come that believers might have life there were no believers he did not say I've come that Christians might have life he did not say I've come that men or women or children or bishops or Pope will have life I've come that the whole world may have life listen to me it doesn't cost God anything it only costs people something people are the one that look at you and then they try to define you and say no you can't have that experience why should you be having that kind of experience you didn't go to school why should you be having that kind of job your father is not is not rich why should you be having that kind of money people are the ones that look to you but Jesus said look to me I am the author and the finisher I am the beginning and the end I'm the first and I'm the last I'm the one that makes a life I'm the one that lights every man that comes into the world he does not light only believers or unbelievers he lights every man that comes to the world so when you and I receive that light what happens we become the light to the world we become the light to the world 
the scripture says in Matthew chapter 5, it says no man takes a lamp and lights that lamp, then put it under a bushel. No. Why? Because when Christ enters you, you cannot contain. You explode. You begin to talk to people. People relate to you and they, don't, they understand not your, not your inferiority. They understand your superiority. When you get to your workplace, they, they, they can relate with your genius. They can relate with the grace that is flowing through you. That's what happens when you receive Christ. That is your advantage. That is your advantage. That is the reason you came. You did not come to this world to be saved. No. Think about it. Why would God bring you here just so that you get born again? No. It's more than that. It's more than that. If the reason that you and I are here is just so that we can be born again, then there is no essence. There's no essence. It's more than that. It's more than that. Our, our being born again, it's supposed to be a plus. It's supposed to be an added advantage. It's supposed to be a superior communication. So that when we are talking to those who are without, they will know that there's another kind of life beyond the ordinary. They will know there's another kind of life beyond the ordinary. So every man on earth has an advantage in God. Whether you're saved or not. But now when you become saved, the advantage you have is multiplied. The advantage you have is multiplied. The Bible says, it says, do good unto all men, especially those who are to the household of faith. So you cannot limit the do good only to those who are to the household of faith. No. No. Mark Zuckerberg did good to all men. He designed Facebook. Larry Page of Facebook, of, of Google, is doing good to all men. Amazon is doing good to all men. God has put in you a good. That is the reason you came. So do that good to all men first. Then, when you now receive Christ, that good becomes something the world cannot understand. So if you are a scientist and you are doing good to all men, it's a plus. And you are now a believer who is a scientist that wants to do good to all men. It means the cure to cancer, the cure to AIDS is in your hands. Why? Because God will give you preferential treatment. So when the regular scientist is studying day and night and doing research, looking for the cure to cancer, looking for the cure to AIDS, because you are a believer who is a scientist that has studied medicine, you get in the presence of God and say, Lord, where is the wisdom and idea for the cure to cancer? Because God is a good God. He will give you the idea. He will give you the wisdom. But now don't think that because you are a believer, you are the only one that will get it. No. The one who is not a believer has an advantage. What is his advantage? He was created to have dominion. 
And when man sinned, that dominion was not taken away. It was there. God said, ground is cost for your sake. Not you are cost. He said the ground is what will, is cost. It means that the effort you will exert to get the result will be twice as much. But when you now come to Christ, you will no longer need to exert that much effort before you will get the result. And what the Bible says in Galatians, it said the handwriting of ordinance that was against us, not on us. It was against us. It was working against us. Now when Christ came, he now removed it so that there will be nothing that will work against us again. That's the coming of Christ. So everything you are doing, I'm a banker, I'm a this, I'm a that, should begin to express Christ without apology to anybody and have dominion unlimited and have life in abundance to reach other people and do good to the entire world. That's why you are here. That's why you are here. So that when people see you and look at you and identify you, what they identify is the Christ in you. It's no longer you they see. That's why Paul said, I am crucified. I have died with him. I was buried with him. And I was raised with him. So when people see me, they no longer see me. They see Jesus in me. I become a living sanctuary. I become a temple for God to walk and relate and reach the world. My very expression is unlocking the curiosity of the people all around me. And they begin to see Christ. That is my advantage. So I have an essence. I know why I'm here. It's not to count the numbers. I told us last week that God created and is still creating. We have seven plus billion people on the face of this earth. And not one of us is the same. It means that I have something that you do not have. That the world needs. God does not create something for creation's sake. There is a reason for it. There is a reason you are here. There is a reason he created you. He did not create for creation's sake. He did not design for design's sake. He did not design because he was jobless or he had nothing to do. No, there is a reason. So when you find that reason and begin to live for that reason, life makes sense. Life makes sense. And that reason is beyond you. That reason is beyond you. It's beyond you. So don't just look at yourself. Don't just look at yourself and say it's for me and me alone. No. The reason is beyond you. It's beyond you. There's something more that God wants to achieve. There's something more he wants done. There's something more he wants accomplished. So you and I have to position ourselves for it. You and I have to stand in a place where God is free to use us to achieve everything that he wants to achieve. Stand to your feet. The preceding message was brought to you by King's Word Everywhere Nigeria. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org.